Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hey there, everybody. Sheer Clarity begins right now. I am your host, Jay Kevin McHugh, and I have with me today my producer, Matthew Passy. I always ask him to say hi. I'm going to tell him to hold on until I introduce the topic We talked last episode about getting into this topic of power, what it is and how you can misuse it, how you can use it, and what do we mean by it. And I use the term power in a lot of different ways with a lot of different nuances, and we'll try to talk about it through this episode here. But in the net, I think what I want more than anything for the listener is to become real conscious, real aware of your personal power the power that you have to impact results and especially to impact people. I'm far more interested in the people side because most of the time we're getting results through people. So if you understand the power equation and how it works and what your power is and what it is not, I think it will be very helpful to you. It's also going to be helpful to know how to handle power when it's being used by others and it's coming into your domain, when you feel someone else's power. And we'll either talk about that during this episode, or if we find it needs more time, we'll just roll over into the next episode and and continue the dialogue. But most of the people I think are listening to this podcast have power over people somewhere, whether you're the CEO at the top, senior executive or mid-level manager, executive, even down to somebody being a supervisor. Just supervising other people puts you in a power position and you may not be aware of how important it is to use it wisely and how much damage it can do if it's not used wisely. So that's today's episode, maybe a second. And for now, I do want to say hi to Matthew Passy. Welcome him into the show. It doesn't happen without him. And that's why he has power. He has the power because without him, this isn't happening. So Matthew, with all that power, tell me how it feels. Well, it's funny. You mentioned that I have the power but you were just displaying your power by not letting me jump in and say hello. You put me in the, <laughs> you know, you basically forced yourself onto uh, me to say, well played, I want to introduce well him, played. but he's not allowed to talk just yet. <laughs> well played, well played. I did. That was horrible, wasn't it? Yeah, Actually, it was in fun. the end, I uh, didn't know what the heck I wanted to ask you. And so I kind of had to push it, <laughs> to push it <laughs> off until it came up. <laughs> So yes, I used my power to cover my absence of what I was doing next. <laughs> well, and and this is actually, you know, you mentioned all the different places where people have power over others. One that I think you left off and, you know, to some of the folks who are listening, they might not quite yet be in a position of power, or at least none of that you mentioned, but when you're working with other contractors, when you're working as a client, even in the customer relationship, you know, there is often power, you know, the saying the customer is always right. Well, that then puts the seller of the services or the goods 
you know, in a position to be overpowered by the customer. So it's, it's another place where this definitely plays a role. Absolutely. Absolutely. You hear it a lot in negotiations. The term leverage comes up, right? Everybody's looking for bargaining chips and a way to leverage your situation. I have something you want and I'm going to hold it back from you. And that's part of my power. I think what I want to make sure that we do in this episode is actually make sure we keep it to the power over people. Mm-hmm. Power in a deal, power in a negotiation, maybe another time, another topic. But as the listeners know by now, if you've been around for a while, sheer clarity is primarily about you being reflective about your leadership in every category possible so that you're a better leader. And the emphasis has been on you having sheer, complete, utter, crystal clarity about what's going on with you and how you roll and how you operate and what your emotional systems are like. And that's all self-awareness. And it's also about how well you manage yourself, how well you get connected with what your good news is and your not so good news and how you manage it. So that's the orientation I have to this power conversation, having you conscious, self-aware of power. So the first thing I want anybody who's listening is to think for a moment while you're listening of what it's been like in your own experience when someone has had power over you. And that power was wielded in a way which did not feel good. And it gave you a negative emotional response. I kind of want everybody to sort of put themselves in that headspace. Because I think it's the best way for you to get in touch with what it's like when you have power over other people. All you have to do is harken back to a time when somebody was wielding it over you, you had nothing you could really do or say about it unless you wanted to get fired or lose your job, and you basically had to eat it. You had to deal with it. You had to accept it, or you had to quit, or whatever you wanted to do. But if you can be in touch with that feeling while we're talking here, the last time somebody had power over you and they they just misused it, and it could have been abusive, could have been mildly annoying. If you just put yourself in that perspective for a minute, I think we can continue the rest of our discussion. I remember vividly in throughout my career, the number of times there were people who had power over me. And the primary thing that drove me insane was that they didn't respect my point of view. And I could not respect their point of view. This theme of respect is is part of the power equation. And there were times when I probably knew more than they did, or they hired me to do something, and my ideas were strongly represented. They were risk-averse. They didn't necessarily want to take the same risks I did. They didn't want to believe that I could make the forecast I was telling them I was going to make if they just gave me the tools and the resources. And then they had the power to just say, no, point blank. No, I'm not doing that. My last job, I actually, my last encounter with the person I was having a disconnection with, the, the owner was just point blank. I I think I forecasted a 22% increase in revenue and something similar to that in our margins and net profit. And he said, no, that's too aggressive. Well, the moment you say that to a guy like me, when the impact of that is going to influence my paycheck, 
I got a problem. And so that negativity came and it was, I had that power wielded over me. It was technical power. It was a position. The gold rule took over here. He who owns the gold makes the rules. That is the golden rule of power. He who owns the gold makes the rules. So most people who have to work for a living are going to succeed some power to someone else, usually your boss. But if you ever get to that position where you're the boss over people, I want you to get way in tune with how much your power over another person can impact their life. I'm going to shut up there for a minute because I was curious about your thoughts on this because you and I have talked in the past. You have had experiences with people wielding power. You had very positive experience with one of your prior bosses. I'm wondering if you can safely sort of talk about your own experience with a negative power. Yeah. I mean, in the same situation where my direct supervisor, the woman who I consider my boss would, you know, use her power correctly and and did not abuse it. There were others who were even above her who would misuse their power, who would you know, make you feel like your opinions were invalid, your thoughts didn't count, your ideas were terrible, or worse yet, you know, I think I told you the example previously on the show about, you know, you present an idea and the person above you says, yeah, we're just not going to do that. And then six months later, they come back with stunningly the same idea that you had presented and now it's their own and now they take all the credit and take all the power for it. So, oh yeah. And the truth is I would say in those situations and I'm not forgiving them for this necessarily, but those people were probably had somebody who had power over them too. And so they probably felt pressured in some way, shape or form you know, to hit a performance goal, to to do whatever. And that's why they would then, you know, we always say blank rolls downhill. And so, you know, that, you know, I was obviously at the bottom of that hill during that time. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like in many situations that I was an employee that the leadership, I don't want to say abuse their power. I don't know if they actively did it or if they unconsciously just, you know, took advantage of the power that they have knowing that, we all feared for our jobs and our livelihood that if we didn't stay in line or if we didn't get on, you know, their script, then, you know, we were out of the game. So basically what you're telling me is this a good example of people who actually wield power and may not even be conscious. Like they're the boss and they know they're the boss and they just go about doing what they need to do. And then they order people to get things done And that's as strong and as deep as their connection with power goes. Right. They probably don't understand just how much power they have and how it impacts people. Probably they don't. I would say they don't have sheer clarity. Amen. (laughs) That's why we're here. What I've wanted to say, what you you jogged my mind while we were talking, the people who have the most power, obviously, are the people at the top of that pyramid. And if I've got some of my CEO clients and Prospective clients listening in, one of the things as a coach that I'm always working on is you use that phrase, that famous phrase, you know what rolls downhill. Well, the CEO is at the top forming large and small balls of that particular product called you know what and rolling it down the hill. And if they are not even thoughtful about the nature of how that goes when it hits the bottom, they're in big trouble. 
because the resentment that gets built as it rolls down the hill actually eventually rolls back up the hill. And here's how it shows up. When you're not conscious of power, you're not using your power well, it's not collaborative, it's not compassionate, it's not humble, it's not thoughtful. The resentment that starts to build at the next tier down will then cascade and all that stuff that we say flows downhill will eventually be felt as part of the culture. What happens then is the culture becomes resistant and any kind of negative resentment will begin to show up in passive aggressive types of behavior. In a sophisticated way, we are now measuring something called employee engagement. You know, the Gallup organization is out front of this. It's the same idea. Disengagement is to some extent almost synonymous with passive aggressive. In other words, I am not going to do anything more than I have to, to get in and out without adding one scintilla of extra effort to this situation, because I'm already pissed off and I think my boss is an XYZ and I think the company is XYZ and it's all negative and eventually the productivity of the whole system is suffering. And oh, by the way, forget about getting a new idea out of that group. Mm -hmm. They don't care, They, they become disengaged. And the employee engagement definition I saw somewhere was about the extent to which people feel an emotional connection and an emotional commitment to the company and its mission such that they are likely to provide some elements of their own discretionary time to contribute to the welfare of the business. That's a fancy way of saying they care about the company, they're emotionally engaged They're passionate about what they do to the point where if they have a big project, they know what the project is, they know how important it is for the whole company or the department or the group, that they are likely, more likely to spend an extra 20 minutes, a half hour, an hour, or come in on a Saturday morning to get it over the finish line because that's how they feel. That will never happen if there is a power person using, wielding negative power power that is insensitive, power that is technical, power that is abusive, power that is unkind. It's thoughtless power. And once you're on the org chart in charge of people, you just got power. And how you use it, if you wield it from a technical standpoint, I call it the parental power model, which is the worst one of all in a business. It's great for parenting a five-year-old. Why? I can't I? Because I said so. That's why. I'm not going to reason at some point with a five-year-old. But you take a you know an MBA in, in business school who's looking for their next path upward. You don't you don't get away with because I said so. You don't get away with just power. You could say it that way. They'll grudgingly do what you wanted them to do. But don't worry, they'll come and get you. So in a nutshell, then. I'm saying to the folks listening to the podcast, I really need you to get a grip on this idea that the moment you are responsible for a group of people and their performance and their happiness at work and their productivity at work and their ability to engage and get the job done, you are technically in power just because you're the boss. And if that's all you use, to get them to do things, you will be in deep trouble. So what then 
are we going to talk about using the power in a different way? It's not technical. It's not authoritative. It's not positional. So what are the options? I'd say the next best option is persuasive power, the power of influencing others in a positive way. You know, we talked about this from the beginning of the show. Sheer clarity was all about helping people develop leadership by attraction. That certain something where people are drawn into your energy that you put out is warm and welcoming and inviting and it's caring and it's listening. And the people who have it, who have that special something are well connected with themselves, calm and at peace at the inner core, even when the world around them is blowing up. When that kind of person is showing up at the head of the leadership pack, people want to do things for them. They'll crawl over broken glass. They're attracted. They come forward. They're not afraid to share new ideas. They're not afraid to tell you if they think you're making a mistake because you're just that kind of leader. So the power then that's available is actually a power that is about positive influence. How do I wield it? How do I get it? And what are the components of it? I'll make a simple equation for the listeners. Let's say, simplify it. There's three things that can happen when you encounter anyone. They can have a positive reaction, no reaction at all, which is neutral, or they can have a negative reaction. The encounter is positive, neutral, negative. And what you're looking for is your influence is based on a positive connection. The things that happen as they encounter you are pleasant, pleasing, affirming, happy, reinforcing. That's part of your attraction. Whenever you're you know, handing out candy, people come in. <laughs> Give me the sweet stuff, right? What's that expression about you gather more bees with honey than, I forget what the thing, I forget how it goes. You gather more flies with honey. They're yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, But. The idea well, is you know what? If you're, you're, you're listening more successful and, you know, and you know, send us <laughs> send us an email and tell us what the bees and the flower and the honey metaphor was. And maybe and maybe explain to us how the birds and the bees work. No, no, we're not we're not doing birds and bees. We should do an episode on the birds and bees and find out how well that goes over. It's it's you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. That's it. I knew I was close. Yeah, you were right yeah. on it. I've heard no it vinegar. also with bees too. I think. <laughs> Bees, all right, bees and flies. So back to this positivity. There is a model that's out there called persuasion by a guy out at Arizona. I don't know whether it's Arizona University or State, Bob Cialdini, C-I-A-D-I-N-I, Cialdini. There's an L in there somewhere. We'll post it up on the website. And after the show, if you want to go over there, I'll make sure you got a link but they've done a ton of research about this idea of positive impact and, and positive influence and the nature of it and what it does to people. And they did a lot of really cool experiments on it. From the standpoint of our listeners, if I, if I keep it simple for you, if you're conscious and if you're aware that a simple smile from you, a second of looking at someone in the eye a simple moment of asking them how they're doing, how's the project going, a attitude of how can I help you? 
that is all you need to do to bring out the best in people. In other words, it goes back to, it's the power that comes from caring. It's the power that comes from not needing to use your technical power, except on rare occasions. I think there are times when there is definitely an opportunity to say something like, I got to make a tough decision. Half my team is with it. Half my team is not. We can sit here. We're not going to persuade each other differently. They are both legitimate ways. Everybody's got airtime. You've heard, I've heard it all. I'll make the decision. That's my call. I actually heard a story about this. Andy Grove and Intel used to do this when they were ever in the design moment, design phase. As you know, the speed of change in technology and design of chips and what have you is like doubling every so many years. And it's insane. And there are people who design chips and that's what they do. And they're highly creative and highly intelligent. And they would have these engineers would have these huge debates and they'd be talking about next-gen chip design and doing it this way versus this way, doing it this way versus that way, and they'd eventually be locked in. And what he said was, okay, we have to make a decision. Everyone's got heard. Is there anyone who hasn't been heard, who needs to be heard? I'm going to hear everyone. And if I'm still locked into 50-50, Maybe what I'm going to do is if I don't have a horse in this race, I'll flip a coin and we'll make the decision. But now what I need, if it's not your group and we didn't go with your decision, I need you to be able to disagree and fully commit. We're going a different way. You've had your chance to argue. You had your chance. Feel free to disagree. But now I want you to disagree and thoroughly commit. We're going this way. And it's okay to disagree, but it's not okay to disagree and then harbor the resentments and then sabotage what's going on. And those were the few times when he would use his power that was quite technical and authoritative. That's 1% of the time. The rest of the time is persuasion and patience and listening and engaging and drawing out of people what they want, and saying thank you, and being humble. It's not about pounding your hand on the desk and raising a ruckus. You know, there's some iconic people out there who get away with being really abusive to people. You know, you hear stories about Steve Jobs at Apple, and okay, not everybody is coming close to being in that category. (laughs) So that means you have to be nice. One last expression that I heard somewhere about this power thing, When you think you need to put someone in their place, first, put yourself in their place. When you're angry and you feel you need to put someone in their place because of the way they're behaving, the first thing you need to do is put yourself in their place to sense what's happening for them. If you have that kind of peace inside, you can give away your power and have all the power you ever needed because you'll have the power of this attraction. Well, as usual, Kevin, I nobody could have said it better than that. As you're thinking about all of this discussion on power and leadership and how you use it, you're probably thinking, you know, you might want to figure out, am I that person? Do I succumb to these bad tendencies? Am I a good leader? Am I a bad leader? 
And so many times you might be taking a personality assessment or you might be issuing one for your entire team to look at. And so on the next episode of Sheer Clarity, we're going to talk about personality assessments, how to use them wisely for yourself and for you know those in the organization who are going to be taking them. But in the meantime, we will say thank you for joining us on this episode of Sheer Clarity. If you have any feedback, suggestions, or just want to say hello, make sure we're using these phrases correctly about flies and honey and vinegar. You can issue us an email at kevin at sheerclarity.com or just use the submission form at sheerclarity.com. And of course, we implore you to check out sheerclarity.com. There you will find show notes related to this episode with some resources that we talked about links for you to easily subscribe to this podcast for free so you never miss an episode and great ways to connect with us on social media again it's all at sheerclarity.com i'm matthew passy he's jay kevin McHugh, and we will see you next time on sheer clarity mm-hmm.